Welcome to the Lifelong Project Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Phillips. I'm the author of several books on project management, and I'm the instructor for many courses on project management found on Pearson Education, Udemy.com, and Instructing.com. Hi, everybody. Joe Phillips here. Welcome back to the Lifelong Project Podcast. In today's session, I want to talk about something that's really important. It's really dear to me that when I go in and act as a PM consultant or if I'm talking with different project managers, and that's the confusion surrounding why is my project failing? Now, maybe that's not you. Maybe your projects are perfect, and I hope they are, and you never have a problem in your project. But nine times out of 10, I find that if projects are having trouble, it's because there's not clarity about what the project is aiming to accomplish, that there is not clarity in the requirements and the project scope and in the uh, vision that the stakeholders have and that the project manager has and the project sponsor has and the team members have, that these different parties are not on the same page. Or as we say down south, they're not singing out of the same hymnal. So everybody's kind of singing a different tune. Well, projects fail at the beginning, not the end. Projects fail at the beginning, not the end. What I mean by that is up front that we don't have a common vision of what we are aiming to accomplish. So we need to really begin by talking about requirements gathering. So when we go and meet with our stakeholders, we sometimes have the attitude as a project manager that they already know what they want. When in reality, stakeholders are more like that six-year-old kid at the ice cream stand, that they really don't know what they want, and they're looking at all the different flavors, and you know they can't make up their mind, and there are just too many choices. But if we narrow those choices down, it becomes a little bit easier to choose what we want. And so when we talk to stakeholders, we need to begin the conversation by talking about our current state. So what are we trying to solve or create that's different from our current state? So imagine if we are building a new website. Let's look at your current website. And we look at your current website and what do you like or don't like? Is there nothing there? So what are you dealing with right now that gives us a basis to envision the future, our future state? So the current state is a way of doing some analysis about problem definition, about what's happening now and what are the pain points that the client or the stakeholder is feeling that sets us up for what do we want to resolve in the future state. So is it a utilization of a service? Is it a product that solves a problem? So what is that problem? Is it a time or cost savings? So what are the pain points now that will help us create that future state. So when we talk to stakeholders, we really need to begin the conversation by not jumping to that solution, but have a good understanding of where they're coming from and what they see as the problem based on what they're experiencing now. Projects, really all projects, regardless of your industry, they, they really aim to do two things. They're going to cut cost or increase revenue. So cut cost or increase revenue. That's really where all projects come from. Now, I know some of you might be saying, well, I'm in a not-for-profit. We don't increase revenue. Do you do fundraising? Do you have an accountabilities for the monies that you've raised? So are you saving time? Well, that's cutting cost. So 
Are you going to increase revenues? You're creating a new product, service, or condition that's going to generate income for your business? Or are you cutting cost to have a better accountability for your funds and allow you to do more things, more profitability or whatnot? So really, we think about cutting costs or increasing revenue when we think about the current state. Then we look at the future state. So let's paint a picture of what this environment will look like when we're done. So now your website, what do you envision this doing? Don't worry about the colors and where you click, but what's the goal of the website? Is it to drive sales? Is it to be informative? Is it to gather emails? So people are going to fill out a form and get a, you know, a response from us or a drip campaign, something like that. So what is the goal of the project? So that the primary goal then we break that down. This is where we get into initially our decomposition. So how do we take that big goal, like building a house or creating a new website or a new app? So break that down into the functionality, to the problem that it solves, to the scalability, the reliability, all of the different characteristics of the thing in light of that future state. So we're talking about really gathering requirements and that then will help us create the project scope. The project scope is really all of the required work and only the required work to satisfy the project requirements, what we must have in order for the project to be successful. So if we don't have good project requirements, we're gonna have a lousy project scope. We're gonna have a very poor work breakdown structure. Our team's gonna go out and do the work to create those items in the WBS, and the customer's probably not gonna be pleased because they didn't have a clear vision of what they wanted to begin with. So we really need to have those conversations with the customers up front about what are we aiming to achieve? One of the approaches that I like to use is just a real simple approach where we say it must have, should have, could have, would like to have, but maybe not now. And we call that Moscow, M-O-S-C-O-W, where we're using the must for the M, the should have, could have, would like to have, but not right now. So it's a way of taking all of that big list of requirements, all those different components, those different abilities of the solution, and putting them in these different buckets of must have, should have, it could have, those are the little bonuses or the things that are filtered out. Would like to have, but not now. This helps our customers be in agreement that these are the things we must have to be successful. Then we can move that towards our time and cost estimates. So if we have this long list of must-have requirements, and of course I'm talking about in a predictive environment, that we have this long list of must-have requirements, it has to be in relation to how much money they want to invest in the project. So this is where we get into our cost estimating and we get into our time duration estimating for the activities to create the things. It can be kind of a, a battle sometimes for stakeholders to see that, that our time and cost, our, our, excuse me, our time and cost have to be relative to our scope. So the bigger the scope, the more monies you're going to need and the more time you're going to need. So time and cost are relative. And so no matter what we're creating, 
if we begin to filter these requirements with the stakeholder into must have, should have, could have, would like to have, but not now, it's a way to where they can do some trade-offs. So it's a good negotiation technique to say, all right, in our must-haves, this if we just do this, here's how much it's going to cost. If we go into our should-haves, it's, you know, this is how much it's going to cost. If you get into these would like to haves, then price is going to increase. So it's a way of shifting things down from must to should to could to pare down on cost. So when customers look at your initial estimate or your stakeholders look at your initial cost estimate, they say, whoa, I don't, we can't spend that much. and I need it done by, you know, before this particular date. All right, well, we can shift things down to the next bucket to uh, should have or all the way down to uh, could have or would like to have, but not now. So it's a great way to trade off from the different buckets of requirements. And we do this up front. Now this takes time. This takes time, especially in a predictive or waterfall environment. This takes time to do. But projects fail at the beginning, not at the end, because we don't have a good set of requirements. And I know there are other reasons why as well to your personal life. The same things are true as well. So we have needs versus wants, right, in our life. So what do I need in my life versus what do I want to my life? I need the salad, but I want the cheeseburger. So needs and wants. Well, must have, you know, should have, could have, would like to have, but not right now. So it's some trade-offs there. So I'm going to eat salad and healthy all week, but man, on Saturday, I know I'm going to have that cheeseburger then. So in my project, I know these are the things that I must have, but I would really like these features. So if we're really good on time and cost and we're effective and we can make it happen or we put that into the next version of our project or next version of our app, then we can make that happen. So it's all about trade-offs, starting with our current state and working towards that desired future state to that definition of done and what constitutes quality and satisfaction in our project. All right. Thanks again for tuning into the Lifelong Project. If you have comments or questions or a topic that you want me to discuss, drop me a note. It's joe at lifelongproject.com. Thanks again. Keep moving forward.